Welcome back to this week of video games and this is the news roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just 10 minutes. If you find this useful then like, share and subscribe on YouTube and your favourite podcast app. Links are down below in the description or the show notes. So it's Wednesday 6th of May 2020 so let's get into the news. First up in the news this week, CD Projekt Red announces Cyberpunk 2077 event for June. This one comes out of Game Informer by Kimberly Wallace. So Cyberpunk 2077 is one of the most anticipated games launching this year, so any news comes with a lot of excitement. CD Projekt Red teased an event called Night City Wire on June the 11th. While no other concrete details were revealed, it lines up with what you would see on the last day of E3, which was cancelled this year due to COVID-19. We're guessing it means it'll include some sort of info and presentation on the upcoming open world RPG that the company had planned for the event. In the past, CD Projekt Red has used E3 to show off detailed and lengthy gameplay presentations. With the game's release date just a few months away on September the 17th, the time is ripe for some new looks into CD Projekt Red's ambitious project. Next up in the news, Microsoft will show Xbox Series X first-party games in July, still promising Halo for launch. This one comes out of Kotaku from Ethan Gatch. Microsoft says it plans to show updates on its first-party games sometime in July and still planning on launching Xbox Series X and Halo Infinite later this year. The company shared more light on its plans for the rest of 2020 in a blog post, including announcing a series of monthly moments in which it will share information about next-gen, starting with this week's look at third-party games for the Xbox Series X tomorrow on May the 7th. Updates on first-party games meanwhile will be shown during a July event, including announcements of new games and how current ones are being optimised for Series X. What was already going to be once in a generation year for gaming, a new generation of consoles, a wave of next generation games and the launch of new ways to play with game streaming, 2020 has become the year that has challenged us all and tested every commitment that we've made in the face of COVID-19, wrote Microsoft Game Marketing CVP Jarrett West. Difficult tests tend to reveal your true priorities and for us they are the health and the safety of our employees, our fans and our partners. Despite these complications, the company said its goal was still to release the Series X and Halo Infinite this holiday season. In addition, it reaffirms plans for all major first-party games coming this year to be available on Xbox Game Pass for PC, as well as for Xbox Game Pass to become integrated with its Project xCloud streaming platform later this year. What's less clear is how many other next-gen games will accompany the Series X launch. I'd say the bigger unknown is probably the game production, Xbox boss Phil Spencer told CNBC last week when asked about how the ongoing pandemic might impact the new hardware. Game production is a large-scale entertainment activity now and you have hundreds of people coming together, building assets and working through creative. So this week's reveal of next-gen gameplay on Inside Xbox starts at 4pm tomorrow on May the 7th. Next up in the news, artwork reveal Retro Studios cancelled Legend of Zelda project. This one comes out of Eurogamer by Tom Phillips. A now cancelled Legend of Zelda project was once in pre-production at Retro Studios, the Nintendo-owned developer behind Metroid Prime. Ideas for the project have been shown off in several newly surfaced galleries of concept artwork drawn by former Retro Studios contract artist Sammy Hall. The tone of the game is meant to be dark and its story designed to offer an origin tale for the Master Sword set within the bad ending timeline, the one which has Link failed to defeat Ganon in Ocarina of Time. Perhaps most surprising, series hero Link is nowhere to be seen in the artwork. Instead, his place is taken by a male Sheik, a character normally represented as a hidden guise for Zelda. 
fun pre-pre-pre-production origin story with the Master Sword, Hall wrote alongside one gallery. Set within the bad ending at Ocarina of Time exploring the last male Sheik after a genocidal ethnic cleansing, all world dark Gerudo are giving their hundred year birth to Ganon. Images include a petrified Deku tree, a dark windfish-like creature known as the Kindler fish, and a version of Majora's Mask Clock Town, ideas for the Dark Gerudo tribe, and all manner of weird landscapes, monsters, and enemies. So Hall worked on the project between 2005 and 2008, a fascinating period for the Zelda franchise overall. Nintendo released Twilight Princess in 2006 after spending several years in development, pivoting away from the colourful cell-shaded Wind Waker. Much of this artwork is clearly inspired by Twilight Princess, which makes sense considering the development timeframe. Although Nintendo eventually pivoted back to Twilight Princess's darker style for Skyward Sword, and that released after a protracted development in 2011. And while this Retro Studios project never saw the light of day, the story of a character transforming into the Master Sword is one which features heavily in Skyward Sword, suggesting some ideas were taken on by Nintendo even if the project itself was cancelled. Hall's art profile is well worth a browse. There's also a few concept for a cancelled handheld game starring King Boo, another in the long list of retro game titles cancelled before seeing the light of day. Next up in the news, Riot confirms that increased internet usage during COVID-19 is affecting pings. This one comes from Tyler Wilde out of PC Gamer. I rarely have latency problems in games, but lately I've noticed 100 plus pings and read Discord bars much more often. I can't prove the exact cause, Comcast just sucks sometimes, but an obvious hypothesis is that the increased internet usage caused by COVID-19 stay-at-home orders is having an effect. In a Valorant blog update today, Riot gives that hypothesis some weight. So there's two big latency-related problems right now, according to the Valorant technical director. Travel warnings have made it difficult for Riot to add new data centers, and the internet service providers are dealing with increased traffic by routing connections all over the place. This is something we're actively tackling but continues to be a challenge day over day, especially with much higher than expected traffic. It's good to have confirmation that we aren't imagining things, though it isn't exactly surprising that a massive change in the global internet usage would affect online gaming. On April the 7th, the New York Times reported that Netflix usage was up 17%, Twitch viewing was up 19.7%, and YouTube watching up 15.3%. To help mitigate the increased data usage, Netflix lowered streaming quality in Europe, and YouTube started defaulting viewers to low resolutions. But they can only do so much as people also flock to video chat sessions like Zoom, spending more time on TikTok on their phones, and uploading 10 times as many selfies to Instagram. Back on the topic of Valorant latency in particular, the director also mentions the issues of matching players with teammates and opponents who are nearby so they all have a good experience in a local data centre. That's something he thinks will be helped by getting more players into the game for launch, but he adds that Riot is constantly evaluating where to put new servers. Despite the COVID-19 related travel difficulties, the developer booted up servers in Korea, Brazil and Latin America today. Finally, in the news, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is start of a new franchise, EA confirms. So, there could be more Jedi Fallen Order on the way. And this one comes out of IGN from Matt Kim. EA CEO Andrew Wilson confirmed that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order will be the start of a new franchise, suggesting more games, including a Jedi Fallen Order 2, are being planned. So during an earnings call, EA CEO Andrew Wilson said the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the first title in an entirely new franchise. And this is the first official confirmation that Jedi Fallen Order isn't a one-off adventure. 
This isn't too surprising considering the success of Jedi Fallen Order experienced critically and financially since its release. During an investor call last year, CFO Blake Jorgensen said that Jedi Fallen Order significantly beat our expectations and was expected to sell 10 million units. Respawn has also put up job listings in recent months, specifically looking to fill senior positions of the Star Wars team, a hint that Respawn was working on more Star Wars content. Given this, it's not too surprising that EA is pursuing potential sequels for such a successful title. Jedi Fallen Order stars a brand new character named Cal Kestis, a former Jedi Padawan in hiding after Order 66 killed most of the Jedis in the galaxy. The game is part of the official Star Wars canon and includes characters from other Star Wars media like the Second Sister. IGN praised Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order particularly for its strong cast, strong gameplay and combines Metroidvania with engaging lightsaber content. Respawn also released free Jedi Fallen Order DLC as part of May the 4th celebration and that adds a new challenge mode, new game plus and additional costumes. Well that's it for the news today, I hope you found it useful and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps and if you like it please share it with a friend. This Week in Video Games is a Patreon, podcast and YouTube channel and if you're interested in joining up to Patreon then head on over to patreon.com forward slash thisweekinvideogames and sign up for some benefits that include exclusive audio, discord roles, community events and more. Well, thanks again, I'll see you soon.